to get for so long. Miss Charlie Arnold, first take of ESPN. She is formerly of the WWE. She has taken over ESPN first take her take. She has her own podcast. How are you doing, girl? She is fresh off of this. Oh, my goodness. How am I doing? That's a loaded question. How much time do we have? Um, Well, I woke up at 6 a.m. this morning. Um, I'm on the East Coast. So uh, at this point, it's 1 p.m. And my day is not even halfway over. Um, I just... Hosted first take uh, on ESPN with Stephen A. Smith and a load of other characters. So um, it was a great show. Obviously, leading up to the Super Bowl, we have tons to talk about. Uh, But now I am preparing myself after I do this podcast to go get a rental car, drive myself the two and a half, three hours to Bristol, depending on traffic. I have to host a UFC show in studio there, and then I will drive back. And then unless something else gets thrown my way, which... Listen, I will not be surprised. Uh, I will be on a plane to LA uh, for Super Bowl week uh, at 10.30 tomorrow morning. So uh, everything's great, though. Thank you so much. <laughs> I smell like a lunatic. <laughs> oh, it's just a little crazy. How do you split your time between, obviously, ESPN has their outpost in, in the seaport in New York City. They have shows in Bristol. How does that work in terms of, I mean, I'm just curious. Uh, yeah. Uh, when you have to be in studio in Bristol renting a car. Okay. Such. Well, first off, let me just say, I highly prefer being in New York city because I live in the city yeah. and I'm about 10 minutes from the seaport. So that is just the best and easiest commute ever. Uh, yeah. But Bristol uh, is where most everything takes place besides first take get up an NBA countdown and NFL countdown. Everything is in Bristol uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean, you know, yeah. here, things here and there, but uh, that's where their campus is. I mean, so that's, that's where most of the time, if there's a show outside of the ones I just mentioned, it's happening in Bristol. So I go up to Bristol uh, right now. I'm going up a, about once a week, uh, okay. but there was a period of time over the summer and spring where I was up there like three, four days at a time, uh, which, you know, it's a lot, but, it's awesome, you know, getting to do everything that ESPN, there's so much inventory. So it's, uh, it's fun. It's just, it's a trek sometimes. Yeah. Especially on days like today. Yeah. Well, and on busy days like today, I'm sure it's just like, Hey, what else did I miss? I know. <laughs> I'm like, is there anyone who wants, is there anyone who wants to drive me to Bristol? Because I will be, ta- if anyone wants to chauffeur me, I would happily <laughs> take you off on that. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sure they could arrange it. It's like, hey, what no cards did I miss? Yeah. Um, uh, so your background came from WWE. How did that uh, prepare you for the job that you have now? Like what, what certain experience, what's the audience like that's different? And how is it transitioning back to, you know, sports? Okay, uh, so it's it's interesting because a lot of people think WWE was my first job. And it was not. It for, WWE yeah. was my uh, fourth job. Okay, wow. so I was yeah, I was a local news reporter for almost five years. Um, I got out of school it's bad. and it's bad. yeah. Oh no, listen, I paid my dues. Okay, I was a one man yeah. band, so everyone could shut up if you think I got to where I am by luck. Okay, it did not happen that way. Um, I worked first out of school as a, a news reporter in Huntington, West Virginia. Wow. They let that sink in. Wow. They let it sink in. Okay. Yep. Huntington. I was there. West- and we're the same age, by the way, 87. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so my- I was um I was um in 
West Virginia for like a little less than a year. And then I went to, oh, I went to Kansas City, Missouri for two years. I was a breaking news reporter. Uh, so I was on your okay. screens uh, at 4.30 in the morning telling you about wow. the SWAT scene or double homicide that had happened, uh, you know, whatever, wherever. And uh, so I did that. And then I broke into sports uh, in my hometown of Indianapolis. I was a sports anchor and reporter for the Fox station there. So uh, that is actually like where I feel like most, listen, it's tough to say because I mean, WWE gave me a lot of exposure and it gave me, you know, more reps and, uh, you know, a lot of reps that I got over the years. But I mean, in all actuality, my years in local news are kind of more translative. That's even a word I might've made that up to what I'm doing now, you know, live reporting, um, more in the more of the traditional sense. Uh, But WWE was awesome. I mean, I was in front of live crowds on a weekly basis. Um, you know, it was it was different though because it's a, more of a scripted show, whereas the things that I'm saying now are more improvised or yeah. you know, I'm writing my scripts, things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, WWE was a really cool experience uh, and something I will take with me for the rest of my life. Uh, it was uh, bizarre as a way of putting it in like a like an endearing way. Like it was a bizarre job, Uh, but yeah, it was great. And ESPN has just been awesome in getting me to kind of take a step further in my broadcasting career. And you know, who knows what's next sky's the limit, right? Sky is always the limit. How do you get the perfect response out of Stephen A? Do you kind of look at him? Do you talk about it during your pre-show meetings? I know that a lot, you know, a lot of the dialogue and the main topics are discussed beforehand, you know? So do you kind of pull things off what he reacted during that meeting? Do you script your questions in a way that you know that he's going to get a certain reaction? So listen, here's the thing about first take in Stephen A. You can plan all you want. But once the red light turns on, there is a high probability that the conversation is going to go in a completely different direction than what was originally planned. So you just have to be ready for every and any angle. Okay. Really, the key is listening and making sure you catch. Because sometimes he will say things. You're like, hi, I'm I'm sorry. Wait, what? (laughs) Or, you know, like, or, you know, it's fun. And he's, he's such a character. He's yeah. always willing. He's great at improving. You know, it's the whole yes and mentality, and he's so good at it. So, uh, it's it's fun getting to work with him. But you definitely have to be ready. And you know, I come armed with probably eight pages of notes wow. uh, into a show. So I'm ready to. If you want to take this stance, I've got these notes to uh, contradict you or to side with you. I've got you know. So it's it's all really about planning and and being prepared. But in terms of the conversation. Uh, you know, you just, you just go with the flow, right? Keep an open mind. I feel like Super Bowl week stresses me out every year. It's like everyone has all these shows and they have all these concepts and ideas. And then you still have breaking news from the NFL, like, uh, Mike Daniel getting the job with the Dolphins yesterday. Joe Judge going back to the Patriots. Uh, Tom Brady maybe coming out of retirement. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, he can... He can push all he wants with, uh, as they call him in Boston, Squeaky is Jim Gray. That's what they call they 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 call him Squeaky. That podcast, Jim Gray and him on the Let's Go podcast. Oh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know how I'm gonna feel in a week. Um, you know. So 
I guess I'm just gonna like toss you uh, like a, a mailbag of random toss questions. Toss them to me. Yes. What's our uh, first letter say? My first letter says J. Joe Burrow is Joe Burr. He's Joe Cool. Oh. He's also Joe. I just Cat. got chills. I just literally got chills. I mean, that's how cool he is. Yeah. Joe Swag. Do you believe in a pregame or a postgame swagger with accessories? Is that part of the confidence? Yeah. So he's got these like little Chanel sunglasses. Cartier, don't get it twisted. Cartier, they look like the sunglasses that I just sold on my Poshmark that I had in high school. These like Chanel sunglasses with sparkles and like sun. Oh, of course I remember oh. those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From 2002. Oh, so do you, do you believe in the postgame swagger accessories? I do when you have the skills to back it up. You know what I mean? Like if you can play out of your mind and then come out just looking so fresh, I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, I don't even know what to think about you at this point. You know, you're, you're amazing on the field, off the field. You're, you're doing big things too, but I don't love it when someone has a really bad game and they come out looking really flashy because I'm like, what are you trying to distract from the fact that you just sucked? Yeah. Uh, you know, there is, you know, I, I don't want to name too many names, but just Cam someone Newton. in Cam recent Newton. memory who has a habit of doing so, Cam Newton. Uh, <laughs> listen, I respect it. And he's so original. Listen, I love his style. It's his own. And and he's proud of it. And he wears it like a badge. But, like, you, you just, you need to take a step back, okay? Because... We need to see some more from you on the field. So when you come out looking like that, it kind of just looks like your head's not in the right place. Yeah. Uh, but no, Joe Burrow has every right. He has earned the right to wear whatever he wants. And honestly, even if I, I do not foresee the Bengals uh, wetting the bed in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But even if they don't win, he still has earned the right to come out looking swaggy as hell after the game because just to even get the Bengals in this position, remarkable. Yeah, truly remarkable. I think Dan Orlovsky, your colleague, said this is the fastest two-year turnaround that anyone has ever yeah. seen. Of yeah, I mean the comparison they were. I don't. Who was the uh, team that they said this is equivalent to? As if oh God, what was the team? Another team, you know, won the Super Bowl, or I don't know. And I when you put it into perspective, because you really do forget. Yeah, that the Bengals were really bad. Really they, they bad. Won one game years ago yeah. like like not even two years ago and and this kid has walked in and i truly believe that the relationship that he built with jamar chase in college that should not oh. go overlooked and i i will i will bet you during this upcoming nfl draft that nfl gms and director of player personnel mm -hmm. looking at players that their quarterbacks their young quarterbacks played with in college yeah, and I don't, I don't think it's a bad yeah. idea either. I mean, yeah. when you have that comfort with someone, you know, it's you're not trying to prove something. Uh, I, I think it goes a long way. And uh, yeah, they have something really special on that team. And I also think that you can't overlook the fact that even though this is Joe Burrow's second season, technically, it, it pretty much is like his rookie season because he was injured for so much of last year. Yeah. Uh, and to be able to bounce back from that injury like he did, oh my goodness, it's just... Yeah.
It's it's really cool to watch. What a story. I, it makes me wish I was from Cincinnati and not not really, but well, in memory of my in memory of my good friend Chris Wesseling from NFL Network. He was a huge <sighs> Bengals fan. Uh, you know, uh, this is the Wesseling Super Bowl. You know, his wife is from St. Louis. He was a Bengals fan. Yeah. Oh wow. It's it's, it's, it's the perfect storm. I'm and we just having... had Kurt Warner on first take today. Speaking of St. Louis Rams. So. Oh yeah. What a what a cool guy. Yeah. Kurt Warner is he's um he's pretty reserved and he's just very straightforward family man. And he is I, I love the quarterbacks, especially like I'll give the example of Tom Brady. Like people ask me, oh, what was it like covering Tom Brady with the Patriots? Um, he is exactly the guy that you see on TV. He is kind, yeah. he is generous. Those people that just don't show a front and they are exactly who you thought they were. They are who they thought they were. I um, like that. Yeah. I, I think that's definitely the way to go. All right. Los Angeles last appeared in the big game in 2018. We know what happened. The Patriots beat them. Oh, what a, game. Three, a lot of sharp line money line movement. If you want to get to betting terms is, is going on the under that total has moved down. So a lot of people are anticipating, is this going to be a defensive battle? Which version of the Los Angeles Rams and the Bengals are we going to see? Is it going to be high flying offense or, or is, is this going to be more of a defensive minded game? The Bengals secondary has showed out the entire postseason lockdown defense. And then of course, on the other side of the ball, you have Aaron Donald, uh, potentially taking a lot of money for that Super Bowl MVP odds. Yeah. Well, I think that it needs to, I think defense is going to be critical. I mean, you look at Joe Burrow and the protection he's been given this season. It's almost non-existent. He's been sacked 50 plus times. Uh, yeah. Whereas you look at the other side of the ball, the Rams defense has sacked the opposing quarterback 50 plus times. So uh, it's quite the conundrum that Joe Burrow finds himself in. So I think if the Rams D can play up to the standard that they have all season, uh, they're going to put themselves in a really sharp position. Uh, but I also believe that, look, I mean, I, the offense on these teams has has the ability to to do very big things as we've seen. I mean, Joe Burrow has had four touchdown passes and, you know, several different games. He's calling card is throwing those long distance balls. So, uh, yeah. I, you know what? It's tough. I don't even really know what to expect. I just think they need to get the basics, right? You know, there, there can't be, yeah. uh, lots of costly turnovers. Uh, they just, they both need to play smart, uh, because they both have a lot of things going for them. So, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And, you know, the Bengals though, one thing I will say about them is, they really have nothing to lose. I mean, who would have thought they'd be in this position? So yeah. go out and play loose, play cool. I don't know. This is going to be a really fun game to watch. I don't even know who I personally am taking in this game yet. No, it's funny because I thought about that. I'm I'm leaning towards taking the Bengals from a betting perspective. Me too. With, 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 with the points, but, it's you know, you get that four points. I know the line has moved down to three, but um, – I don't know. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Rams are uh, a tremendous offense. And I think a lot of it depends on the ability to move the ball. If Cam Akers, who went out and he was hurt late mm -hmm. in that last game, uh, what the running game is going to look like for the Los Angeles Rams. I, I think a lot of people, uh, listen, Sony Michelle, he's been there, done that. This last Super Bowl that the, the Patriots were in, in 2018. Yes. 
you know, he was the he was the hero for the Pats. So certainly he's capable of getting it done on the ground. But I think the bigger focus is going to be on that passing game. Cooper Cup, uh, MVP candidate this year. Who has a better redemption story on this Rams team? Is it first former overall number one pick? Hope that came out right. Matthew Stafford, <laughs> or is it the greatest midseason trade of all time, Odell Beckham? I mean, the obvious answer is Matthew Stafford. I, he's looking okay. to pull himself out of the, I guess, storyline that has plagued his NFL career. That is pretty much he is kind of like a talented loser, right? Like yeah. he's got a lot of talent, but he keeps losing. So he's looking to turn things around. He's now in a winning environment. They built this team to win. Okay. That was the only mindset they had coming into the season. Uh, and they've made a lot of acquirements throughout the season uh, to come to, you know, put themselves in even greater position. So yeah. it's Matthew Stafford. Okay. He is, you look at his past. I mean, it's not like he was a scrub by any means. He's yeah. has, I think eight seasons of 4,000 yards passing or more. He's, ranked I believe it's 12th all time on the passing list so yeah. it's it's not like he was some scrub that they brought in they brought in a really talented player who's just kind of always in a crappy situation in Detroit now yeah. they're plugging him into a Super Bowl ready squad I mean it's 100% Matthew Stafford but don't get me wrong I'm super excited for Odell Beckham Jr. as well because he has had a very mediocre career so far and it's unfortunate because there was so yeah. much hype surrounding him you know, when he had that one-handed pass when he was with the Giants. I mean, he's just skyrocketed. It was like, yeah. okay, I follow LeBron. Now I also have to follow Odell, right? Yeah. Yes. But, you know, so it's it's not going to be as much of about him unless he has some ridiculous game. But Matthew Stafford, 100%, this is this is make or break for him, I think. I, it's funny because I would have taken the other side. Like, Odell Beckham has a lot to prove. A lot to prove in that one you know, Sunday night football catch that was heard around the world. Yeah. It's like there was a lot of controversy and, and a lot of just talk. Like he's nothing more than this catch. Why can't he do things in the Giants offense? Why can't he do things with the Browns? Well, oh, he's worthless in this. And and it's just like, it just goes to show the right coach, the right system, everything falls in line and accentuates good talent. Absolutely. And speaking of good talent, let's get back to Mr. Cool. Joe Burrow, he could be one of the youngest quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl. I can't even, like, even the words coming out of my mouth that the Bengals would actually win. Oh, my God. I it, Like, the world will melt down. The world will melt down, and uh, I, Joe Burrow can be the third youngest quarterback to win a Super Bowl. So it was Tom Brady. It was Tom Brady at 24. It was Patrick Mahomes at 24. And then it could be Joe Burrow. Where does yeah. he rank amongst that list? Of I mean, listen, let me just read off. I have these notes from my show. Joe Burrow, okay. with a win on Sunday, can become the first number one overall pick quarterback to win the Super Bowl in the first two seasons. First okay. quarterback to win a Heisman national title and Super Bowl. Yep. And also quarterback since Tom Brady in 2001 to win the Super Bowl in his first postseason run. So, I mean, there there's a lot of history on the line here. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't we don't want to put any more pressure on Joe Burrow's shoulders, but Hey buddy, you got to get the job done. Are you a big halftime girl? 
Are you uh, like, like, so there, there's certain, there's certain people that are like halftime show and I need to know about the halftime show. First of all, I, I was at the Super Bowl in Miami that Shakira halftime performance was what was it? JLo it was, it was like yes. the last concert before COVID hit. It was fantastic. I, th- you- I actually was at that Super Bowl. Oh, so it was dude, spectacular, but nothing Courtney will compare to what we are about to witness this year at the halftime show. Okay. Oh. This, this is my jam. Okay. This is one of those shows that is going to transport me back. Gosh, I don't even know a decade more. I don't know what, what the case is. And I'm just going to be in my feels. So yes, this halftime show is very important. We have Mary J. Blige, lover, Eminem, legend, Snoop Dogg. Wow. Dr. Dre, no words needed. I mean, I don't think they could have put a better lineup together. So honestly, you know, I see the meme on Instagram and I actually used it as a, one of my lines in my one minute sports video that I'll uh, put out later today. Uh, Did you you hear about the big game going on during the concert this weekend? I mean, the halftime show is equally as important as the game. So time out, Charlie Arnold from ESPN, you do these amazing one minute videos. They are so well produced. Who helps you produce them? The, 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 I, I, I just look at videos and I'm like graphics. Yes. Okay. So amazing. Yeah. So I, the concept I came up with myself, uh, I just, anyone who knows me knows that, you know, I love sports, but I'm also very sarcastic and I love pop culture. So I try to tie all things together and and I know everyone has ADD these days. Uh, so I make it no more than one minute. I started out doing them and they were like two and a half. Yeah. And I was like, no one is watching these. No one is. It's just sad where we've all come to, but it is what it is. So it's one minute sports and uh, I write the scripts the day of, and yeah. I just find like the, I don't want necessarily the biggest sports news. Although sometimes, you know, that ends up being what I focus on, but I want what is the most catchy news, like the most yeah. conversational conversation starting thing. So even if you're not a sports fan, you're like, oh my God, that's so cool. Uh, or like, hey, did you hear about this? Like, I want to relay those type of subjects to people. So um, I just write them and then I record them in my apartment and I send it over to my trusty editor who then takes it from there because once I tried to edit the first video and it took me hours oh, and it just man. wasn't even yeah. like, as good as his. So yeah, you know, I, I have him handle the heavy lifting as far as editing goes and thank God because I don't have time for that. Yeah. My computer doesn't have time for that too. So if you see no. a clip on, on Instagram and, and Twitter, you know that I worked very hard to cut that interview from yeah. this clip. You know, I like, tr- trust me, I'm, I'm in my feels for that. Uh, the rest of the NFL, I find it to be fascinating. Aaron Rodgers, the story of Aaron Rodgers throughout the summer, the drama, what else happened? The, the Packers went the back, to the, the vaccine stuff. The vaccine, the toes, and uh, you know, political things aside, strange. I, I, I guess I, I, I guess I can't judge. You know, like just very strange, very strange personality that he portrays at home. I, I just, I follow E News, of course, and it's just like Shailene Woodley, and they, I, I just, there's just something weird going on with like that marriage, or are they together, or. Are they swingers? Like, I, I don't, I, I don't know. You know, it's interesting because you kind of see both of them as like 
you know, we want to be free spirited and open and Zen. So like, you know, we don't need labels and we don't need to like follow all the conventional rules because we're cool. You know what I mean? Like, but meanwhile, it's like, I bet you that they are the ones who, when you don't see them are like, what are you doing? Ah." (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. They're like the the totally secretly jealous people. Oh, a hundred percent. I don't I don't buy like the the cool like relationship vibes. Like that's just not how it goes. Okay, that's no. not it. Um, but I don't know. I just find them to be kind of a strange couple in general. Uh, I know ne- I wouldn't have necessarily put them together, but now oh. that they are together. I'm like, I guess. Yeah, I I, I, I guess. I, I almost feel like it's justice for Aaron Rodgers because of how Olivia Munn just kind of hinted or aired him out that he, you know, might be a little weird in the bedroom or their 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 marriage didn't go as, pl- or, you yeah. know, their relationship didn't go as planned or she hinted the like, I, I don't know. I, I almost feel like it's, it's, it's justice for him. Like, hey, I'm going to find someone and she's going to be successful. And I, you do you, Aaron, you're, you're, you're a weird cat. I get it. I yeah. do an interview with him. What was it? Oh, man. Was it preseason? Oh yes. It was Dan Levitard. Um, maybe very early in the season. So Dan Levitard did uh, one of his sit down interviews. He does South beach sessions and he talked with Aaron Rodgers for 45 minutes. And, and my God, can I tell you, it was like, Shut up. <laughs> he was talking about, uh, I find my peace of mind and, and, you know, I sit back and it was just like, it was so ethereal to a point that I couldn't take it. I was like, what am I listening to? Oh, honestly, you're listening to nothing. You're listening to nothing. When people exactly. talk about that, it's because they literally have nothing to say. So they try to make it all flowery and like fluff it up just to disguise the fact that they are saying nothing. Yes. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, even like you heard him on Pat McAfee's podcast. Listen, and I'm not an Aaron Rodgers hater. I just want to put that out there. I no, I'm not. Trust me, I'm not either. I just, I'm a, just, I just need to talk. Yeah, I think the man's a stud. And I also think you should like, like whatever the line is. I see. I'm not even good at this like ethereal stuff. Like, live your truth. Whatever it is, like oh, live yeah, your yeah, truth. Yeah. Sure. But also, he just sometimes feels like he's talking to talking and talking to talk and uh it's okay just just get to the point just just say what it is you don't want to get the vaccine all right you don't believe in it and that's that don't say oh i've looked into this other and this that it's it's fine not everyone has to be on board with the vaccine you weren't required to get the vaccine to play in the nfl not a huge deal yeah that's it i i thought that was very cal of him to be like I mean, he really like duped everyone. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, I I was immunized." I I said, "I was immunized." It's like, "Okay, okay." I I am immunized. Okay, all right. Well, let's get to his football career and uh, (laughs) the word on the street. You could add this to your report: is that he bought a large piece of land in the city of Nashville. Yes, I heard. Oh, yes. Was it on your report? So good character match. I wouldn't say character, personality match, whether it's personality and or, uh, you know, football smarts, Aaron Rodgers to the Tennessee Titans. I don't think that Mike Vrabel and Aaron Rodgers would get well along at 
Oh, and that is a reason why I love Mike Vrabel. Okay. He is another man who speaks his truth, but like in the most legit way possible, he does things his way and he is not going to have a diva quarterback coming in there saying, here's how things are going to be done. Like just oh, yeah. because you are who you are does not mean that Mike Vrabel is going to give to, you can, you I, can, I don't even know. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Two shits. You know what I mean? Like it's just, so no, I don't think it'll be a great match, but I also don't think it's even an option because I think they are married to Ryan Tannehill. I think they believe in him. Uh, I think that listen, while he didn't produce at the end what they expected out of the season, uh, he has uh, brought the franchise a long way in the past several seasons, and I, I do think when they say that he's their guy, they mean it. I think the franchise has come along with a decent quarterback. I wouldn't say Ryan Tannehill was a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. It's because of Derrick Henry. And for me personally, and I've said this on my show, that um, I just, I really feel like that last game, I hope that that's not the Derrick Henry that we're going to see next year. Because to me, I don't I, think so. Derrick Henry, look, he came back from injury. It was you know, it was, you know, there's, there's some rust you got to shake off when you're out for so long like that. And, yeah. and additionally, you know, I just think there, it's tough when you're put in a position where you're the number one seed, you know, you feel like, oh, we, we don't, you know, have as much of a challenge ahead of us as other teams. You know, it's, it's a mindset yeah. too. It's, it's just as much mental as it is physical. And I think they just collapsed on both sides, but I don't think that's reflective of who Derek Henry was or is, or will be. So the question is, does Aaron Rodgers retire? A lot of questions about him going to the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos were a very interesting story because they seemed to me like a team that was one step away from a, a championship franchise with all the things in place. And this was before they traded Von Miller uh, to the Rams. <laughs> you know, like the Rams doing, yeah. the Rams, Rams GM doing work. Uh, less need doing work in the, in the regular season, off season. So, um, it's interesting to see, uh, where Aaron Rodgers could end up. What is the better fit for him? Would you say? I mean, he's already made it clear. He doesn't want to go to a team that's rebuilding. So yeah. I don't know that the Broncos are a great match, uh, unless they can finesse a few things, uh, and also the fact that they brought in Nathaniel Hackett, who was the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. I have to believe maybe in in a, if not the complete reason, a small reason, maybe to lure Aaron Rodgers their way. Uh, I, I think the Broncos could be an okay fit, but I don't know. It's It's tough to say. I don't think he should retire because I think going out on the loss that he had would be shameful. And yeah. I don't think he would be able to be at peace with retiring after a performance like that. I don't know. I think green Bay might, might, it's, you know, I don't know. It, it's when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, it's just tough to say because I, yeah. all the grievances he's aired about green Bay, it's almost like, uh, maybe it's not worth staying. And you know, for the, the Packers for their salary cap, it's definitely, I think in their best interest to unload him, but I, what are all the options of where he could go? I don't feel like there's that many systems he could plug into that easily. So the Broncos by default might be the best one. Well, you also have to think about him plugging himself into the AFC West where he's playing Justin Herbert twice a year, Patrick Mahomes twice a year. 
Kim going to an AFC team would actually be more of a challenge than if he were to stay in Green Bay. He should stay in the NFC because, uh, you know, the talent of the quarterbacks in the AFC currently, um, you know, that's why I think that Russell Wilson would be a great fit with the New York Giants, wherever he chooses to go. Let's ask you that. Where do you think Russell Wilson ends up? Because I, I, I think it's, it's, it's about time. And I said this in one of my few, very, very few preseason predictions. I did say that Matthew Stafford would lead the league in passing. So he, Tom Brady edged him out slightly on that uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thank you, Tom. Uh, for your, for your lovely 22 year career, he is retiring. Don't believe any of the bullshit. Um, but I said that the, I said that the Seattle Seahawks were due for an overhaul and all of those 10 win seasons, they were all based on luck. It it has just been, uh, uh, you know, a house of cards that has been needing desperately needing uh, a revamp that P. Carroll needed to really sit down and start over. And I think that that starts with Russell Wilson and wherever he wants to go, whether his wife wants to go. New York. Uh, that, yeah, that's another thing. I mean, they're like they're like the Hollywood couple. So I think New York oh. could be a good match for the sake of, you know, them being in such a mecca of superstardom. Uh, I think that uh, – I think Russell Wilson, though, he needs to go somewhere where he believes – Really, I mean, it's, you know, obviously the pieces around it, but I think the coach, it needs yeah. to be a big um, factor for him. Uh, someone who really believes in him and, and can, you know, push him because he's, you know, unfortunately we've seen him take a few steps back in the uh, last few seasons. He's still as talented as ever. And you look back on his career and you look back on the numbers, he really hasn't had an off year. You know, he came out into the league firing and he has continued to play at a very high level. Someone like Brian Dayball, who look what he has done with Josh Allen in in Buffalo, yeah, and exactly all the amazing things. Someone that can transform the offense, and uh, you know, with a new coach and a new GM there, it looks promising. Yes, I got to give some props to uh, your Colts fan. So, uh, you know, Brady versus Peyton Manning, that retirement with Tom. Oh, and, and I, I know. Here, here's so the thing, cute. and I said this, and I was like, it was like, are you sad? And I've been meaning to say this and and get on my pod and talk to people. First of all, Tom Brady doesn't owe you shit. He doesn't owe you an apology. This clearly (laughs) was a a planned situation that got blown up with the people in his camp. It was, you know, his letter, 11 slides, 10 slides on Instagram, uh, you know, about the thanking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If he didn't want to thank the Patriots, he wasn't going to thank the fit. Like, Regardless, does Tom Brady owe Patriots fans anything? I say absolutely not. No, I don't think he owes them anything. I think, uh, I don't think that he's looking at Patriots fans or the organization or anything with like disgust or disdain. I don't think it's anything like that, but I think, you know, it's his retirement. It's, it's not really, it doesn't really matter who it's about. You know, he's, it's, it was his career and, you know, however he choose chooses to end it and think or not think. And I don't think that he necessarily did. Did he ever think everyone like several years ago? Wasn't when he well, left. The I mean, but that, so, so, so I, you know, I'm, I'm taking the temperature from people in new England. So I was back home when the news broke and everyone was disgusted. It was like this, this just like explosion of 
confusion and angst and anger and sadness. First of all, I cried all those tears when Tom Brady left the Patriots. It was on March 17th, 2020. We were two weeks into a lockdown oh. in Boston. That oh is my Patrick God. Could it get any worse? St. Patrick's Day in Boston of all places where no one could go to the bars and, and soak their sorrows. That was probably one of the saddest days. And I will, I will be fully transparent. I had a full blown meltdown because for me as a young kid, we're the same age freshman in high school, Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. That gave me the passion to love the NFL and to fall in love with this league. And, uh, you know, I, I, I cried my tears then, but a lot of people in new England feel that they were slighted because he did not mention the Patriots. Oh, and, 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 oh, he should sign a one day contract and retire a Patriot. Why would he do that at this point? Do, do you, do you feel like, you know, he's in the right with this? Like he's just, you know, he's taking the high. Listen, like Tom Brady is living his best life. Okay. There is nothing that you can say to bring him down. Okay. He won multiple super, super bowls with the Patriots. All right, he, on his own accord, decided to leave and go to a new team despite all the naysayers saying, oh, my God, I can't believe you would leave. He was like, you know what? I've made my decision. I'm going. And then look what he does. He goes and wins a Super Bowl. He's married to Giselle. He has his beautiful family. He's riding around on boats. He's throwing trophies to Gronk during the celebration cruise, whatever the hell you want to call it. I mean, the man is living his best life. Okay, let him live it. All right, everyone just needs to shut up. It's not about you. All right, he has every step of the way done what he thinks is best for himself and now for his family. And I don't think anyone else should have a say in it. And I don't I think agree. he cares what anyone has to say anyways. So, yeah, I think he's a businessman and he's moving forward with that part of his life. Did you see the Tuck Rule documentary? No. He seemed to have a very hard time sitting in his living room, by the way. Like aerials of the house, the drone footage of of the house in Tampa. I can imagine elite, very elite. He had like a multiple pool with like you know there's there's a walkway that goes over. That's the first thing I noticed. Second thing I noticed, very hard time explaining what the tuck rule is to, to Charles Woodson. I will say, I uh, you know all credit to I love documentaries, so I had to turn it off. It was a little cringe. I will have to, and I think that's going to be on my watch list. I'm going to have to go watch that one. You're going to have to go and watch that one. Well, Charlie Arnold, we're going to wrap this one up in a little bow. How much do you love? And this made me so happy. Mac Jones embracing the NFL of doing the gritty or whatever. Oh my goodness. You know what? I love it. I love it. I love it. It's, he's such a, buttoned up guy and like honestly just kind of a dork you know what I mean like he's very much a Bill Belichick type guy I mean it's it makes perfect sense why he would play for the Patriots uh but yeah to see him just go off you know run it to the end zone do the gritty uh it was it was nice and I hope to see a lot more of it they, it was actually it, in a real game that means something <laughs> exactly no I I think the best thing for me was like here is Mac Jones. I think he threw the ball to Tyron Matthews' son in the end zone, or he like threw a pass. It, him really creating that brotherhood, that fraternity at the Pro Bowl with like the league's best players, yeah. just accepting him. I was like, wow, this is it. This is mm-hmm. all I needed to see. This is our guy going forward. 
things are good in the house of hero worship. Okay, so then you then I guess that means if you've got your guy, everyone's happy, you know, Mac Jones proving himself, he's got the, you know, the skills, the personality, then I think it's time to shut up about Tom Brady, right? Yeah, no, I am I gonna I'm, get a lot of am I gonna get a lot of heat for saying that at the end of this podcast? <laughs> no, I, I think you should tell everyone to shut up about Tom Brady. Shut, just, up. shut up. Shut up, everybody. It's time. Just, I, I'm I'm sick of it. I am I am just tired of it. It came to the point that I was home and I'm, you know, when I'm home, I'm sports radio. I've been calling into sports radio since I was 16. So I'm in Boston and I had this on 24 seven. My dad, he calls it yakety yak. He was like, he like literally will turn the radio off. He's like, I don't want to hear that shit. None. And the Brian Flores lawsuit broke and they're still talking about Tom Brady. I was like, why are we still talking about this? There is more important things in the world. Like, not not when you're in Boston. Nah. God, it, it, it drove me nuts. That was the one time I was like, okay, now you have to shut up. Yeah, that's it. All right. Charlie, I'll know. Where can we catch you? Where can we see you? What are you doing for Super Bowl week? Like what, um, what shows are you doing? I'm so I'm not, I'm actually going out to LA. I'm not going with ESPN. So I'm not under any, um, Oh, props, props, girl. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just going to live happen. my best life. Yes. yes. And um, I am doing some Facts. work related stuff, but it's not for ESPN. Uh, but it's just some stuff I'm doing on my own. Um, so get ready for some cool content coming your way, uh, in the weeks, uh, post Super Bowl. Uh, I have some ideas that I'm putting together to, uh, execute while I'm there. So that'll be fun. And uh, you can catch all of that on my social channels, which is the same for all of them, Instagram, Twitter, and what's the other one that we use? Instagram. TikTok. 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 Oh. The TikTok. I'm not very good at the TikTok yet, but uh, it's Charlie on TV. So that's where you can catch me. And uh, of course, on ESPN. I, I think our good friend Ohadi was like, oh, do you know my friend Charlie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's like she is superstar oh, oh my god that was even before i met you we actually haven't met in person we but. no we this is our first time we've met in person but we have we, a lot yes. of mutual friends yes. and i feel like i know you so yes facts so that's good right big, big facts you also for everyone that is super interested in this you have the same birthday as my big brother who is my <gasps> best friend in life he is no. my that is my best friend. July fourth, we get along so well. You love yeah. the cancers. Yeah, no, he's he, July fourth. He's my big brother. He basically raised me. So wow, July fourteenth is uh, when one, I Bastille Day. Oh, I, yeah, I, Bastille Day. Yeah, don't go to don't go to Paris and tell your tell your friends you want to you want to uh, enjoy Bastille Day festivities because they yeah. will look at you like you are a <laughs> damn Taurus. All right, girl. I will send you off on your merry way. Mwah, mwah. I will send you off on your merry way. I will send you to Bristol. And uh, let's hope that you get a really nice rental car on your way. Well, I requested an intermediate SUV, so I should be riding in some style, to say the least. Uh, remember, hot trick when fixing, when filling up the tank. When you look at a tank in a rental car, there's an arrow that points to which side the gas tank is on. I did. I just learned that about a year ago. It's one of the greatest things I have in my brain now because, wow, pulling up to the gas station, you're like pulling up on both sides. It just, it just was too much. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the little things. I was today years old when I knew that. Thank yep. you so much. The Bad Signal Podcast. 
crew and subscribers, we thank you. Oh, wait, Super Bowl. Wait, Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> wait, what's your Super Bowl? Just give me your Super Bowl prediction. I'll, I'll okay, it. my Super Bowl prediction. I, gosh. Um, all right, just say it. You, Joe Burrow is going to win his first his 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 first Super Bowl. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to put it out there into the universe. Joe Burrow and the Bengals getting the job done. There will be cigars smoked. There will be confetti thrown and lots of drinks drank. Okay, that's it. Done deal. LSU Bengals party. I, I I would expect Odell Beckham to go into the visitors' locker room and continually like honestly he's invited it's fine it's a party it's one come one come all all right we're all celebrating i see a red door and i